0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to our second consecutive victory green hour as the Philadelphia Eagles defeated the New Orleans Saints 40-29 to on the strength of, yet again, the offensive line and the running game. I'm your host, LJ Hero, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Connor. Connor, talking to Eagles after an Eagles win is always a lot better than talking after an Eagles loss, obviously. But the way that this team is playing and the way that The schedule sets up and the way that the Dallas Cowboys are playing has us talking a lot more than just, uh, just making the wild card right now.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. This, it just feels so good. And to know that there's likely many more of these to come because of having, you know, the, I think is the second easiest schedule going forward for the rest of the year just feels just so good to think about. And hopefully we, the biggest thing is hopefully a, we don't blow it. And, um, b the injuries stay away the injuries took davion taylor from us and they've throughout the weeks have made us kind of nervous you know dallas goddard concussion protocol last week darius Slay concussion protocol this week looks like slay's gonna play goddard did play so hopefully you know hopefully those injury scares just stay scares or just kind of go away altogether. but i mean the score last week was uh Definitely closer than it depicted because that garbage time helped them get to the 29 well, points. Well, the fourth,
0: the fourth but... quarter in general, when when Nick Sirianni obviously admitted that he uh, he he kind of shouldn't have gotten conservative, which is true. Once you go conservative, once you go prevent defense, you know on the defensive side of the ball, prevents you from winning. So, yeah, I agree exactly with what you're with with what you're saying. That while the score was closer than the game um, indicated, the Eagles can't continue to to play like that. Uh, Going forward and as you were also mentioning The injuries Davion Taylor's Been been all over the field so that's gonna Hurt but keeping Slay Slay is a man on a mission three touchdowns This year already Um, He had the pick six last last week Against the Saints and picking off Trevor Simeon Baiting him on the throw he is Gonna be vital for the team going forward going Up against the likes of Kenny Kenny Galladay Darius Slayton um, You know Corey Davis and then you know, with, with Washington, you know, Terry McLaurin. So it's definitely key to keep him healthy and keep him, um, on the field when the Eagles are on defense.
1: Absolutely. But before we dive too far into it, let's make sure to shout out, of course, our partners over at the fight Philly fight network, fight dot fight Um, and at FPF network on Twitter is where you can find all the content. Um, they have their own part, their podcast going. We got the Kelly Green Hour there. My preview piece is there, and there's many other pieces that are being written almost on a daily basis over there. So check them out. And of course, our new sponsors, Bet US, uh, America's favorite sports book. Make sure you go over there, betus.com.pa, and make sure you tell them that the Kelly Green Hour sent you by using the promo code FPF Network.
0: Definitely go out there make some bets. Got to couple big college games today uh, as it is rivalry saturday uh at the ncaa level uh level michigan ohio state auburn alabama uh georgia georgia so georgia sorry,
1: I, I should probably make sure to mention because i forgot to you get 125 percent um
0: yeah go out there and make match. some money and, yeah and exactly you giants game on sunday like go out there and make some money um but yeah there's some some big big games. Um, not only in the NFL, but also, also at the cop, uh, at the collegiate level. Uh, so definitely want to keep an eye out on some players. The Eagles could select in the first round. Um, if you're going to take some defensive players, it doesn't hurt to look at Georgia's defense, pluck three guys. They could probably be starters from day one. But let's talk – all right, before we talk Eagles, Saints, also follow us on Twitter at Kelly Green Hour. And wherever you're listening to us, please subscribe to the show. Also rate and review. Uh, let us know how we are doing. Connor, the Eagles won 40 to 29 last week, ran for 242 yards. They're the top running team in the NFL over the last five weeks. They've rushed for over 200 yards, I think three, three, three times, if I'm not mistaken, over that five uh, five week stretch. Um, It all started. It was pretty much going to start in that Raiders game before Miles Sanders got hurt. But in that line game, the Eagles pretty much, they found their identity. They they said that they're going to be a running team. And regardless of how owner Jeffrey Lurie and, and GM, Howie Rosenfield, that's the identity of this team. The Philadelphia Eagles are a running football team. They're built like that. The quarterback, the offensive line, the stable of weapons they have at the running back position. Um, you know, yeah, they have Devontae Smith, who's certainly who's, who is a legit number one stud star. He's gonna be a star receiver in the National Football League. But when when you can get yards, get points, matriculate the ball down the field on the ground, you do that. You do not allow you, you know, you just because the opposing defense is maybe missing a, 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 a couple of secondary players, you don't let that change a game plan. And the Philadelphia Eagles have been perfect with their game plan of riding Jordan Maialata, Landon Dickerson, Jason Kelsey, Jack, Jack Driscoll and Lane Johnson to victory. And that's exactly what they've done over the, over the last, you know, winning what have they won three of their last four games. Uh, that's exactly what the Eagles have done.
1: Yeah, for sure, and I mean, the only bad thing that kind of came out of that game that we failed to mention when we talked Davion Taylor, Jordan Howard is also out, That's which true. definitely hurts. I think that the running offense can still be effective without him. You may have to lean on Miles Sanders a bit more. Obviously, we're going to have to lean on Boston Scott more. Kenneth Gainwell's kind of moved to the very back seat um, in that running back room, and I mean, to be fair, rank about him though when playing he's been ineffective as a runner he just hasn't been as effective as what we thought he could have been where he's been way more effective in the passing game so it looks like you'll probably get more we'll get more of a healthy dose of miles sanders in boston scott hopefully more towards the miles sanders you know 20 plus carries um rather than you know a, a split between scott and sanders it's more prominent than that but um yeah, you hit it on the head, though. Like, there's a lot of talk about this offensive line. And I think that if any team, say we were to move on from Jalen Hurts, if any team were to take on Jalen Hurts, you would have to build an offense that relied largely on the run. This because is the Baltimore Ravens offense. The- Exactly. It is like the Baltimore Ravens offense. You literally have to to open up the passing game to make it so Jalen Hurts has more open reads and options. You have to run the football so that he can, when it does come time to pass, they're probably the defense has moved up a bit more and there were, it's leaving more, you know, the intermediate intermediate part of the field a bit more open for Jalen Hurts. And we've been seeing that because then he goes out and he hits Dallas Goddard. He hits Devontae Smith. He hits those weapons. It's a shame we haven't seen more. I would love to see more from Quez Watkins. Um Jalen Rager is pretty much a, a failure at this point because he we can't get anything every out of that guy
0: he, every time he touches the ball something bad happens. I don't want him returning kicks anymore or punts. I just don't. Yeah, want to Yeah, it's, him back there it's
1: anymore. so frustrating. Um, but I mean, are people taking it a little harder on him? then they should potentially. But, I mean, you got first-round draft capital on top of your head. You better be able to live up to some of those expectations. And so far, he hasn't been able – We we they shifted him. They gave him less less touches. They gave him less snaps. They put him in a position where, okay, these are the types of plays we want to use you for. And he can't even produce in those types of situations where everything's drawn out for him. Well, um, so before,
0: before you continue, the one thing I kind of want to see now, do you remember in the Detroit game before he got hurt, he was running the ball and he was successful with that? Maybe with Jordan mm-hmm. Howard out, you know, even if he even if he is the you know, the third go to in the backfield, you do something like that. Put him in the backfield and let him try to make plays out of the backfield.
1: Agreed. You definitely could do that. It's a shame that that may be where we have to revert him to as a weapon on this team. But you got to do whatever is going to make each player effective. And if that's the only way we're going to get anything out of Jalen Rager, the first round draft capital probably speaks in a way that you're kinda of stuck with him because at this point he's probably not even worth like a sixth rounder. Like nobody's really going to look at Jalen Reger and say, let's trade for him. Although I know like, you know, there's some articles out there hypothetically throwing out J Jalen Regger trades. But like you'd have to be it would have to be Jalen Regger and what for what? Because no one's just gonna take Jalen Reger on. Um and otherwise like yeah for for Jalen Hurts that's huge. It's huge to be able to have all like and now the design runs for Jalen Hurts it doesn't look like Hurts is doing everything himself when they design a run for him it works it's effective because people defenses don't know who to account for because there's so many different bodies to account for so as boring as it can be it is uh, so great to watch as an Eagles fan that we found an identity and it's something an identity we've kind of been lacking since the Super Bowl
0: yeah, and and the one thing going back to where you kind of started with the running game and not having Jordan Howard and them having to the lean on boss, um, excuse me, lean on, uh, Miles Sanders more. I do want to see that, but Miles Sanders has to learn how to hold on to the football. Miles Sanders has to learn how, in the, when you're trying to run the clock out, not running out of bounds, and he he just has to pick it up a little bit. He 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 had that fumble deep in their own territory last week, and that was one of the scores that the Saints was able to get. You know you can't have that happen um he he's gotta be able to to hold on to the football can't put the team in a bad position um and and but he has obviously he has the most talent on the on this team uh as at the running back position he he can those runs that my, that boston scott or or uh jordan howard have for ten to fifteen yards he could turn it into thirty plus he can he can uh take it to the house so he has the talent. He just has to be able to put it all together. Um, obviously, Boston Scott is the giant killer, and going into this week's game, um, he he could have another big one. Um, we know we know what he does at, at MetLife Stadium, so it's back-to-back weeks. And I'll mention it again. I am going next week, so I, I, I hope to see a big, big, big day by the Eagles offense. But we don't want to look past this game against uh, the Giants. But, again, reverting back to last week, you know the play of the game, Connor, and I think we we, will, we agree is that touchdown in the fourth quarter by Jalen Hurts, where he broke the defensive ends' ankles for New Orleans, going rolling the one side of the field, cutting back and coming to the near side of the field as he was able to get into the end zone. Not many quarterbacks can do that. Um, obviously, Lamar, Lamar Jackson can do that. Um, maybe Patrick Mahomes, maybe Russell Wilson, but like. You're not maybe Jared Allen. You're not going to see a lot of quarterbacks go out there and break the defensive end's ankles and, and find his way into the end zone from about what, 10, 15 yards out. Um, that was the play of the game because the, the saints had the momentum Man, watching the game. I was a tad bit worried as, as they sco- kept scoring in the fourth quarter Troutman and um, you know, had that third quarter touchdown. And then I think it was Calloway had a fourth quarter touchdown um, where he beat Rodney McLeod. Yeah that I was getting a little worried, but the answer that the Eagles had and that Jalen Hurts, the the perseverance and, and just the calmness he has about himself to get down the field, score a touchdown, put it up into two scores. And then the other game the other play play quote unquote play of the game, I think was in the third quarter, if I'm not mistaken, on fourth and seven, when you have the momentum and Sean Payton calls for a field. I was shocked. I would have went for it if I if I was him. Obviously, hindsight being twenty twenty, I'm sure he wishes he would have went for it. i um, even with with the quarterback that he had playing, but man, you you go for it to make it a two score game and to keep it a two score game because you go from fourteen to eleven. That was something I did not anticipate. And I, obviously, as an Eagles fan, I was happy that um, he did that to to keep keep it a two score game, need, knowing that possessions were going to be limited with the way the Eagles run the football.
1: Yeah, and I definitely think that we can't go without mentioning Darius Slay's 51 yard interception return there at the end of the first half because that's what took it from 20 to 7 to 27 to 7. And that really, I thought that was, you know, the straw that broke the camel's back. And obviously the Saints made it interesting there at the end of the third start of the fourth. But we can't forget about that play either.
0: Oh, yeah. uh, Sorry. Yeah, I definitely agree. um, that was the, the play of the first half for sure. Um, and again, you know, once he went out the game, once Slay went out the game with with the injury or the, the concussion, that's when, <clears throat> excuse me, that's when um, New Orleans kind of started getting flow flow of the offense. And we we saw, I mean, you saw you saw it on Thanksgiving how bad that offense for New Orleans looks. And we need them to be better next week because they have Dallas, and we want them to be Dallas, obviously. But, you know, they need to figure out. So, obviously, they thought Jameis Winston was going to be available all year and, and getting that ACL injury hurt because he's definitely a better quarterback than Trevor Simeon. And who the heck – what the heck are they – and, again, this is I know this is a Saints show, but, like, they give all that money to Taysom Hill. How is he not better than Trevor Simeon is my question. But I'm only talking about it because I want to see, you know, the best possible Saints team show up. Hopefully Kamara's available, Ingram's available, um, you know, show up on Thursday against Dallas uh, next week. But, yeah, when it comes to the the Eagles game um, and to to what the Eagles are able to do, I can't stress enough that the MVP of the the team over the last month has been this offensive line. They've just been so dominant, so good, Um, you know, firing off the ball. um, Landon Dickerson, who, you know, when we took him in the second round, we were talking about him being the eventual replacement for Jason Kelsey. He's been so good at left guard that you know, maybe with one of those first round picks next year, you draft this maybe the center out of uh, Iowa and leave um
1: Linderbaum, yeah.
0: yeah, leave Dickerson at left guard because myata six, eight, three sixty plus, um, and Dickerson six, seven, three fifty plus, like, run behind them. That's a, that's a stone wall. They're both young. And and they both have a lot of talent, and they're getting better every day. And and what Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni talk about is one percent better every day, and you can see that from that offensive line.
1: Agreed. And I mean, Jordan of days. the fiery play that he had on Cam Jordan yeah. a couple yep. times. It was just so nice to watch. You love to see that. Like he reminds me of a big bear. Like you never think that he's gonna do something like that. You've never seen his temper really go like that. And then that whole situation happens, and then you see him like pancaking Jordan at others at other instances of the game. That was just great. And I agree that they are definitely the MVP. They are definitely have been sorely, sorely underrated.
0: And and you know he he talked about after the game a lot of like look, they were going after Jalen Hurts late and hitting him out of bounds. He's like, I'm not going to have that. I'm going to go and protect my guy. I don't know. Did you ever see the movie Blindside?
1: Yes, I did.
0: And you, it, it kind of reminded me of, you know, the, the one part of the movie when the coach was flipping out and on the sideline and, you know, the guy that played Michael Orr went over and was just like, coach, I got you. You know, we're family. And he went out there and started dominating. And you can see that from Jordan you He's not going to let Anybody hit his quarterback. It's almost like the Jason Peters play a couple years back against Washington when they hit Nick Folsley and Jason Peters went at um, one of the guys for Washington. I can't remember off the top of my head who it was, but that, that's kind of what it reminded me of. Like the, the bond that this team has is real special, and they play for each other, and they don't allow the opposing team to, to affect or to, to go after any of their teammates. And that's what you like to see. And this is why that they've been able to turn it around. It was a slow start to the season. And we were all calling. Well, I don't know if everybody was. But I know I was questioning Nick Sirianni. And obviously, it, it takes time. It's not going it's, it's to be, a, you know, gel overnight. And he was able to get everything, get the team together, keep them on track, have them buy into his system, have them buy into his coaching. And it's worked. And this team is five and six right now, with the second easiest schedule going forward, and a chance they've won two in a row. They have the Giants and the Jets before bye week, a chance to possibly go into the bye week with a winning record. Like when you when we say that now, if we would have said this a month and a half ago, somebody would have wanted to commit us to to an insane asylum. But now we're talking about the Eagles possibly being a, a five hundred team and potentially making a run at this division with what's going on up uh, down in Dallas.
1: Definitely. And, I mean, when you go back in time and look at, like, that 49ers game and you look at that Bucks game that we lost by one score and stuff, and then you talk about that Raiders game and how it looked like we were shifting to our new identity and then it didn't happen because Miles Sanders went down and Jordan Howard wasn't on the active roster that week yet. Like, you think back to those games, like, We could be so much better of a team, but like you said, it took time. It took time to build the identity, to find the identity, to figure out the playbook, to figure out, you know, Sirianni, to figure out play calling for Jalen Hurts and building an offense around Jalen Hurts and building an offense in general. And I think that people were so impatient and I was one of those guys – We were on a few episodes where I was like, he's not going to be fired after one year. you got to give him more time. We have to be patient. We're building an identity. We're building a culture. We're building everything pretty much from the ground up. And you expect to do that again next year. And now here we are with, I, we're unapologetically getting so much better And there's some so many different aspects of the, this team That you can really get behind You can get behind that secondary Obviously Darius Slay, the driving force behind that secondary And you might just be an individual piece or two away Maybe a safety, maybe a cornerback a, Another cornerback away from really being A top flight, you know, lock it down secondary I mean Stephen Nelson got a lot better as the seasons progressed, but I haven't been in love with Stephen Nelson, but we could be, you know, that draft pick away. We could be that free agent away uh, in that secondary from being even better than what we are this year. And this secondary is one of the best secondaries that we've been able to sit back and watch in a little while. And that. <clears throat> Blargy is behind exactly Darius Slay. It has very little to do with the safeties and almost everything to do with the cornerbacks. Darius Slay and Avante Maddox, it's been incredible to watch.
0: And, you know, Jonathan Gannon deserves a lot of, of credit for changing his play calling for, <clears throat> excuse me, for playing to the strengths of, of his players. We know that Darius Slay can, can, uh, likes to play up and, play man and he's allowed him to do that. He's been shadowing the team, the opposing the opponent's top receiver. All that comes in handy for the you know to to help the defense. And you gotta give the defensive line a little bit of credit too. David started getting after the quarterback a little more and Gannon has started calling blitzes a little bit more. All that helps helps the defense as a whole play a lot better and when when you see when Gadden calls a blitz and he sees it successful he's not going to shy away from it he'll continue to call call it you know periodically throughout the game so you're not playing just that one dimensional type of defense where you're 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 playing you know two shell and uh, leaving the middle of the field wide open so that is you know where the coaches deserve a lot of credit of making changes and realizing they need to make adjustments
1: Agreed definitely I mean like when when you look at it it's not even that you needed to bring it a lot more often you just have to throw these things into the game to make the offense think about it the (laughs) idea of bringing that blitz the idea of not showing the two shell and just leaving the middle of the field open taking away those looks in the middle of the field you know like it's just mixing up your looks like like we've seen on the offensive side of the ball With the running game, how much that changes how defenses have to look at us. So, same thing goes on the defensive side of the ball for Gannon. He just has to throw some different things in there that make the other offense be like, oh man, when are they going to do that again? Are they going to do that again? When are they going to bring the pressure? You just want them to get that idea in their head that it can happen, and he's not afraid to do it. And when the circumstance presents itself, he will do it. So... Definitely, I completely agree with you on that front that it's really nice to see the adjustments from both coaches and both coaches growing into their jobs and and being more confident in themselves and what they're capable of calling.
0: Exactly. And the other thing that I, that I was going to say, uh, I kind of want to, ch- sorry, I apologize. I wanted to kind of change it up and talk about Jalen Hurts a little bit we know what type of athlete he, athlete he is. He likes to run around. Um, he, he can throw the ball, you know, when given time we saw it um, in the Denver game where he started to stay in the pocket a little, little bit more. The thing that it feels like teams keep, or people keep moving the goalposts for Jalen hurts, you know, they, because there's a bunch of questions. Can he be the franchise quarterback? And, and obviously this is, the Eagles have turned into a running team. But then when he goes out and throws for 140 yards like he did last week, it's like, well, he didn't throw for 200. Well, when you run for 240 yards and you call 50 running plays, you're not really gonna. He's not gonna throw, you know, with his 20 passes and maybe what 12, 13 completions. He's not gonna average, you know, 20 yards of completion. Just doesn't happen often in the NFL. You know, do we do you have issues with the, the way people come out and say? Well, Jalen Hurts, you know, yeah, they're winning with him and he's a leader, but he doesn't have that ability as a starting quarterback to be a franchise quarterback. And this is why all these reports keep coming out of the Eagles possibly trading for a veteran next year.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I want to point out, there is a reason that in the NFL... We never have 32 franchise quarterbacks. Yeah. Because there are, and I would argue there's never more than 10. Because if there's more than, like, 10, if you're looking at, like, half the teams have a franchise quarterback, like, you're really kind of, it's not really, it doesn't mean much to have that anymore. Mm -hmm. Because it wouldn't, it doesn't work. And when I think of a franchise quarterback, I think of, like, you know, I think the definition is very different for everybody and how that they, they define that. And to me, you don't always have to have a generational quarterback if you have a quarterback who your offense works around, works through, produces victories, produces points. Mm-hmm. So my thing with Jalen Hurts, I get he's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not Lamar Jackson. He's not. You know, Josh Allen. He's, he's probably not, the
0: closest thing to Lamar Jackson in the NFL. Like.
1: At this point, it's looking like it. But, like, he's, I get it. He's not any of those names. But we have shown we can build a team around him. We can build an offense around him. He can work within the confines of that offense. He can produce points, yards, and ultimately, we produce wins. Mm-hmm. And and that's I'm, all that matters. And to me, a guy who's got a second-round Draft capital on him, you know, obviously it sucks we don't get the fifth round, uh, the fifth year option on him. But the idea that you still get two years after this year on his rookie contract is a massive positive because we know based on when we went out and won the Super Bowl how vitally important it is to have a that quarterback obviously we won it on with Nick Foles but you know you know what I mean by Carson Wentz with Stone's rookie contract and we know how important it is to ride that rookie contract out and to leverage the fact that you're not paying a quarterback a boatload of money so to me it's like People put too much emphasis on, "Ah, he's not a franchise quarterback. You know, he's not franchise altering quarterback. But if he's doing enough to get the wins, if he's doing enough to get there, maybe in the big moment, I understand in the very biggest of moments, maybe we're going to sit there and we're going to be like, boy, I wish I had... insert name, Tom Brady, a guy like Tom Brady, who could really, you can guarantee you're giving him the ball and, or Aaron Rodgers, you're giving him the ball and he's going to go out there and he's going to win that game in that very moment. But to that same circumstance, hopefully those moments don't arise enough Mm -hmm. that we need to question that about Jalen Hurts. And hopefully when the moment is big, he can step up and make that moment happen. But I just feel like there's too much emphasis on franchise quarterback. And I just had to point out, you know, there's probably 10. Maybe you can argue 12 at any given point in time in the NFL. But there's a reason there's always teams searching for a franchise well, quarterback. And there's a reason there's always some teams who are willing to be OK, with, who are willing to just live with an OK quarterback who's getting them the wins.
0: So we can go through quickly. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, if you look in the AFC, we'll start in the AFC West. Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert, for sure. Um, not not in Denver, and I don't know if Derek Carr is one. Um, no, actually, Derek Carr
1: would be like Jalen Hurts. He's one of those guys you can trust. He's stable. Yeah. So, he's safe. Go to
0: the AFC East. Mac Jones probably can be one. That's what the, the, the Patriots are. I wouldn't are. call
1: it yet, though. It feels premature. I, I, I agree. On a rookie. Um,
0: two but... up, no. Um, Josh Allen? Sadly. Yes. Yep. Um. And the Jets, Zach Wilson, no. Um. Not right now, anyway. Uh, definitely not. No, prepared um, for that. No. AFC, the A F C North. Um. Big Ben, no. Not anymore. Was, but that's Baker, the thing. Yeah. He's a shell of himself now. Yeah. Baker, Baker Mayfield, no. No. Um. Lamar Jackson, yes. Yeah. And Joe Burrow, definitely trending in that direction. Um, yep. And and then the A F C South, Trevor Lawrence. To be determined. Um, Carson Wentz. To be determined. Mm-hmm. Um, Tyrod Taylor. No. And...
1: Ryan Tannehill. He, I would Ryan not Tannehill, say... Ryan no.
0: I wouldn't I, no, say no. no. Let's, go to the, let's go to the NFC. We'll, we'll do the NFC's last. Um, NFC West. Um, Matthew Stafford. Yes.
1: It's so tough to say it, though, because for that team... Yes, for any other team who might be rebuilding or who doesn't, you know, have these aspirations, maybe not. You know, we saw what he was doing in Detroit. And I understand the weapons and stuff there, but I find it so hard to put him in there. He'd be like that fringe, like if if we're saying there's the cutoffs ten, but there's arguably twelve. He'd be that eleven or twelfth, I
0: think. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, no, but they also have Trey Lance, who they hope can be. To be um, determined. Yeah, in San Francisco, um, losing track of the team. What am I? I did. I did the ran. Um, Kyler Murray, yes. And yep. Russell Wilson, yes. Yes. Just, it's just tough. a matter of will it be with the Seahawks?
1: Just, yeah, it's a tough one. That's a tough. That
0: one's starting to look
1: a lot like the Stafford situation.
0: Yeah. So let's go to the N. Um, the NFC South. Who's in the NFC South? Tampa Bay, Tom Brady, even if he's hundred years old. Still. Yeah. still. <laughs> um, Matt Ryan, not anymore. Um, Sam Darnold, hell no. Or Cam Newton, no. Um, mm. and who's the other NFC uh South team that I'm missing?
1: Saints. Uh, Saints they definitely no, don't, yeah, got they don't it.
0: have one. We don't it doesn't even matter who, who who you talk about. Um let's go to the NFC North. Um Aaron Rodgers yes just a matter of will it be with Green Bay um Kirk Cousins no by the way Kirk Cousins has like 20 plus touchdowns and two interceptions and you don't hear nothing about him he that's just because he's Kirk Cousins pretty much but yeah pretty much I don't think he is the um Jared Goff hell no and Mm -hmm. they the Chicago hopes Justin Fields yeah to be determined
1: majorly on that friend he's
0: definitely a to be determined let's go to the NFC's Dak Prescott probably they pray on market
1: probably yeah I, I would say i would say yes lost. but
0: they, they the last two games they've paid him money to win those games and they've lost so mm-hmm. that's where it's the, the to uh, to, the, to be determined for for him still taylor heineke no yep. um they'll be drafting a quarterback this year daniel jones no no yeah, they hope so, but he he's awful. And and then obviously Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts. to be determined. Like which going- by
1: my count, that's nine. So nine, <laughs> nine so- without Stafford. Like that's nine without the ones that we said were fringe. So we could say like eleven.
0: Yeah, exactly. So a, a bunch of questions for the quarterback. Like there are a bunch of young young quarterbacks out there and like that's that's good for for the for the league, obviously as, as they go into the future. But they, there still needs to be more. A lot of teams have questions, and when you look at this this crop of quarterbacks coming out in the draft this year, yeah, that's not good. It's not a good crop. Like Kenny Pickett's probably the best, and that he's not that good. Um, there was hope that Spencer Rattler or Sam Howell and uh, Malik, uh, well, like Malik Willis from Liberty. Like there was a lot of hope that they that these guys would step up. But, yeah, it, it's tough. Um, and that's why there's always going to be reports surrounding the Philadelphia Eagles and possibly trading for a Russell Wilson, for an Aaron Rodgers, for Deshaun Watson. And, uh, and, and those reports will continue until, A, the Eagles come out and commit to Jalen Hurts, or, B, one of those, quarter, or those three quarterbacks are moved to a different team, and then there's nothing else for the Eagles to do. It's going to happen mm-hmm. until, until there will be reports again. About the Eagles taking or not or taking another quarterback, going after another quarterback until like they give the media and give fans, you know, a reason for them not to continue to report that. And
1: I was reading today that Albert Breer basically said that no, they're not going to use one of those first three draft picks uh, because I don't think any of those quarterbacks coming
0: out are worth it.
1: Oh, Dev, I I don't I I don't disagree on that point at all. But obviously, you know, there's gonna be teams who have to step up and take the shot and see what they can do. Um, but obviously, I mean, I wouldn't go not if, if if these picks land in the top 16ish, top 20ish. I don't think I would, as for Philadelphia's sake. Um, and then he also had made mention obviously just like the rumors have been all season don't rule them out of the the trade market but that would be the likely direction is a trade rather than going back through the draft again I mean maybe you could see them draft a quarterback late but you got Gardner Minshew you got guy you picked up this Reed Sinek guy for a reason is Gardner
0: Minshew a um free agent after this year
1: I feel like there was still a bit. I feel like there was still at least a year or two left, but okay, maybe not. I think
0: there might be a year left.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, and you picked up this Reed Sneck guy who's a really young quarterback as well. Like, it, but that just screams Nate Sudfeld to me. That guy <laughs> just screams Nate Sudfeld to me. But still, you know, it is what it is at the end of the day. At this point, we just got to keep riding Jalen Hurts. We got to see what we have. We got to keep seeing improvements week in and week out. And you watch. Each game, he makes another throw that makes you go, "Wow, he can actually do it! Wow, he has but he that also, arm!" The, he but then he also throw.
0: then he also makes a throw where you're like, "God, another quarterback hundred percent throw,
1: hundred percent." And then you watch him break a guy's ankles, and you <laughs> say, "Damn, I can't, nah, I can't not have that guy on my team." So there's so much that he does that you love, and then there's so much that there's <laughs> other things that show. This is a guy in his second year. This is mm-hmm. a second-year quarterback. And it doesn't matter. I know that people are like – people continue for some reason to do this countdown of game 14, game 15 of his career, game 16 of his career. At the end of the day, the guy's what, 24, 25 years old and in his second season, first full season as an NFL quarterback. Stop counting the days or the games yeah, played and realize starts. the circumstance.
0: Yeah, he only has 15 starts, not even a full – Even going back to the 16-game schedule, not even a full season's uh, worth of starts. And it's a new offense. That's the thing. Like, cut out those
1: three, four games last season. There's no... I get we want to see progression from those games, which we definitely have, but cut those games out. Enough of this, the four games last year, that was a whole different offense, whole different situation, whole different circumstance. Look at this year, focus on this year, focus on his advancements in this offense because this is the offense that's going to be here next year with him.
0: What will it take for fans, for media, for anybody – Obviously, the locker room loves Jalen Hurst. The locker room is bought into that, to him as their leader. But what will it take for the outside world to stop putting the Eagles in with all these other rumors for another quarterback? I,
1: I want to say get into the playoffs, but I honestly think that if we got into the playoffs and were eliminated on wildcard weekend, that the rumors would just fuel again. I think... Nothing is going to actually make that happen except for the uh, the fact that we get through the off season and nothing happens. That is Ken, when so- people would buy in because they'd be like, okay, they passed on Aaron Rodgers who's clearly leaving. They're passing on Russell Wilson who's likely on his way out the door because that the Seahawks are a complete mess. Um, mm-hmm. They passed on drafting and have three first round picks. That I think would be the point. When you yeah. know, so, when you get through that draft and you haven't made a trade and you invested all three first-rounders, that's when people will buy in.
0: So the Eagles are obviously winning right now with um, running the football. Can they win in a playoff running the football? This is a passing lead, the NFL. They need, you know, and, and you have to be able to throw the football. Can Jalen Hurts be that guy throwing the football if need be? I mean, Because I think that's the big question. To me,
1: yeah, it's... That's like, yeah, it's a pass first league and there's so much passing constantly happening. But I mean, look around, look at some of these teams and the way they're running the football now. Like, it's like there's this like shift. There's a reason why
0: Baltimore hasn't won a Super Bowl, even though Mm -hmm. Lamar Jackson has been really good.
1: Mm -hmm. I I can see it. Like, I can see the debate, but I can also see the shift. Like, look at I get I get the Cleveland Browns are very good and stuff. But look at some of these teams and where they're leaning on their running their Russian attack to open things up and maybe all you need to do is continue to do this who's this the defenses aren't shifting that much come playoff time in my opinion that you can't continue to do what you're doing it, the only situation where it get, becomes you know really murky is you're looking at a team that is putting up points on every single drive and you're not able to keep up because you're not able to produce every single drive because of the Russian attack versus being able to go to the air and hit that big play, you know? So I guess I can see it in that regard, but I don't see any reason why this offense can't continue to run and can't continue to succeed using the ground.
0: So the the one question coming into the year was, and this is the one we needed to get answered is is Jalen hurts that guy. And, our meter of yes and no has gone back and forth this entire year. Are we on the yes side for now? That Jalen Hurts is the fran- can be the franchise guy and they don't need to, to waste draft capital into, into replacing him?
1: 100%. You got three first round <laughs> picks. You got like $25 million potentially with all these new signings done and over with. You got about $25 million. You have an offense that's working with him in it. There's so much you have working in your direction and with Jalen Hurts at this point, <clears throat> and he's on his rookie contract. You've all this stuff it's working in your favor.
0: It's a shame that Roseman and Laurie probably don't agree with the way they're winning games, even though they're winning games. Like, we don't, yeah. we'll never know until the end of the year when they speak, like, and it's even if they say anything, but obviously that J- Lori wants them to throw the football. But right now... The running game is what's keep is, is what's winning them games, and they should should continue with that. And we'll mm-hmm. see. And obviously, we we talk about this Jalen Hurts franchise QB meter, uh, either in the yes position or the no position. And right now, it's in the yes position. And with the way the schedule is set up, it can continue in that yes position. But if the next two games against the Giants and Jets, th- he doesn't play well, and and they don't win those games, we know where it will be, and the conversation will continue around the quarterback position.
1: Definitely. I, I agree. I think in Philadelphia, it wouldn't feel right if there wasn't always a conversation about the quarterback position <laughs> and looking towards the future of the quarterback position. Even if we have that guy, I mean, we thought yeah. there was thoughts that we had that guy in Carson Wentz and the conversations never stopped. Uh, but I think that was more in due Indy, in though. part.
0: He looks real good in India. It helps when you have Jonathan looking Taylor better. Now. Jonathan yeah, Taylor is good. I, there's <laughs>
1: another team. Talk about a Russian attack. But they can go to the air and make things happen as well. But
0: Yeah, with those receivers and that defense is really good. All right. So before we get to talking about the Eagles-Giants matchup, let's move on to our unheralded player of the week in the NFL. Connor, who you got?
1: You go first. I go first? Yeah. Oh,
0: I got my guy. I, I had my guy at the tip of my tongue. But, yes, um, I am going with – where's he at? Oh, yeah. um, I'm going in their victory over the Tennessee Titans. I'm going with a defensive player. Desmond King had seven tackles, two interceptions um, as the Texans on the road defeated the Tennessee Titans 22 to 13. Yes, the Titans didn't don't have Julio Jones, Derrick Henry. Um, they have a banged up A.J. Brown, who is unfortunately not playing this week, and I have him in fantasy, so that's why it's unfortunate. But you ought to give that team credit. They're still battling for, for head coach David Coley and Tyrod Taylor had two rushing touchdowns, only passed the ball for 107 yards, but still able to come away with the victory for the Tennessee Titans. I'm going Desmond King on the defensive side of the ball for the Houston Texans.
1: I'm going a really ugly one and it's likely the only time you're ever <coughs> gonna hear his name said for this purpose. I'm going Tyler Huntley because that was Baltimore. a big game for the Baltimore Ravens to win because the AFC especially the AFC North is very very crowded it's a it's a division that literally could sway in any direction at this point between you know the Pretty much all the teams are still in it at this point. Although, mm-hmm. you know, the Ravens are starting to run away and they needed this win against the Chicago Bears. And at the time, like I was watching Football Morning, they they kept showing the video of Lamar Jackson walking in, not looking anything like a, a quarterback who's going to be playing football that day. He looked really sick and really just, no, like not going. So Tyler Huntley pretty much found out that. Literally, right then and there, in the moment that he was going to be playing, and he went out there and they did what they had to do. They got the win. Um, he threw, t- he went twenty six for thirty six, two hundred nineteen yards. He did throw an interception, um, <coughs> seven carries for forty yards, um, and he was sacked six times, which probably, some were obviously his fault, others were the fault of the offensive line. But a win's a win, and it's an all important win for the to keep the Ravens ahead in that division.
0: And that's where being a running football team, you can kind of put in a quarterback because, you know, there's not a bunch of variations of of throwing plays that that you have to worry about being able to make. And you can hand the ball off to Freeman and uh, Murray, and he can also run the ball. He's he's very – that's where having a backup quarterback that's similar to your starting quarterback is key. And and Baltimore has that right while having Huntley behind uh, Lamar Jackson. All right, let's move on to the Eagles' second division game. We're in week 12, and the Eagles have only played one going on two division games as they travel to MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey, to face the New York Giants. Now, uh, Connor, you did mention earlier how you have your preview piece up. You kind of want to give... Give our audience, give our audience. It, it's not
1: up yet. It's not up I'm, yet. I'm it's gonna be going to be gone. I was pretty busy this morning and this weekend. And I'm combating a cold right now. So um, I'm hoping you to get it up give, for tomorrow morning.
0: Yeah, if you want to give a preview of what, what uh, your readers can anticipate, um, you know, when, when they go to read your article and, and, and kind of give us some points, what the Eagles have to do to come away with this victory.
1: 100%. I mean, I think, you know, <laughs> It's such a hard piece to write because the Giants are so bad. Like, you're trying to not be unbiased. You're trying to find, you know, the happy medium between. Well, they do have three wins. Let's look back at the wins. and. But the circumstance in New York is just so dire at this point. They need <coughs> a complete overhaul. From the very top all the way down, right to your your franchise quarterback, because Daniel Jones is not the answer for them for the future. Um, Dave Gettleman is not the answer in the front office. Judge could be the answer at coach, but if you're gonna overhaul quarterback and you're gonna overhaul the manager, you might as well overhaul the coach as well and just do a whole. Before, before
0: you continue, as an alter. Eagles fan, I want them all to stay. I wish Jason I, agreed, Garrett was. Agree. I wish Jason Garrett was the OC this weekend.
1: If it makes you feel better, it's Freddie Kitchen. So I mean, are you really <laughs> looking at that much better of a circumstance? Um but I mean, I think you know, the big thing's gonna be to to keep Daniel Jones and contained like all the other, like all the other teams have been doing, you know, <laughs> keep that pressure up front. Don't let Saquon Barkley get anything done. I understand, you know, Saquon Barkley isn't Saquon Barkley of old, but Saquon Barkley is still, you know, that generational talent that we talked about a few years back. He was a guy you had to get and the New York giants probably weren't in the situation to get that guy yet. Um, And they've been playing banged up, like brutally banged up this year, the New York Giants, especially on the offensive side of the football. But, I mean, then you watch Daniel Jones play and you're like, yeah, but were they going to be any better? Probably not at the end of the day. Um, So it's going to be the, you know, keep being daniel jones's face all all day make sure that he's making bad decisions make sure that he's not able to get anything going on the offensive side of the football and hopefully based on the change the offense remains stagnant and with an inability to separate and get people open and the eagles defense can just feast on that all all game um It sucks that Davion Taylor's out. I think he was the most athletic linebacker. I think he was the one who would best keep up with a guy like Evan Ingram, who's an equally Mm -hmm. athletic person, uh, at the tight end position. Um, Obviously they're they're gonna probably feed him a lot because uh Caden Smith is out, which is a third string tight end, and Kyle Rudolph is doubtful. So it looks like, you know, probably Ingram's gonna be fed a lot, Kadarius Toney's likely not playing. Um, so it's gonna be interesting to see where they go with the ball because all that they, they've had is injuries over injuries over injuries, and it's just like who's gonna catch a football? But then you look at how they play, and none of them can create any type of separation. Daniel Jones is constantly under pressure. Saquon Barkley can't create any yardage. I just have such a hard time finding anything positive to say about the New York Giants and being tried not to say I'm completely biased.
0: Their defense is all right. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I
1: um,
0: mean, their defensive I, line I, is actually not good. great, but. <laughs> their defensive line is all right. But the way our offensive line is playing, like, I still feel like that's a mismatch. Um, it's a good thing the bears won on Thursday, by the way, because the giants are now lur- lurking in that two top five pick uh, category as they have the, the bears first round pick this year after that trade uh, for the bears to go up and get Justin Fields. Um, and that's how, and then they drafted Kadarius Tony with the 18th or 19th overall selection. So yeah. Um, so hopefully the bears kind of can keep winning for that, for that fact so that the the giants, don't get two top five picks and are able to improve their team a lot quicker um, than we we hope for. And obviously, if they do go through the whole regime change, new GM, new coach, and all that, that might help them too. But as an Eagles fan, we obviously don't want that to happen. Um mm-hmm. yeah, Saquon Barkley is—they're they, going to have to find a way to to stop him. Like while he hasn't played well and that offensive line is not good, he he does tend to do well against the Eagles when he plays. So, <clears throat> um, and also the Giants are going to be using this game if they're smart they are using that motivation of last last you know week 17 when the eagles tanked we uh, against washington and the giants missed the playoffs because of that obviously you know they don't think they missed the playoffs because they only won 5 6 games you know maybe if you win one more game you don't have to worry about it um <clears throat> excuse me but um yeah the, the giants are going to come in there you know they're going to play the whole it's because of the eagles we didn't go to the playoffs thing last year uh but all the eagles have – if the Eagles can, obviously, you, you can't just show up and you're going to win. You can't commit penalties, which the Eagles have been doing a good job of not doing lately. Can't turn the ball over. They've been doing a better job, even though uh, Sanders had that fumble last week. Um, and, you know, got to convert third downs. And if the Eagles can continue that, this is a game that shouldn't be close. Obviously, a division game, always tough. But the Eagles have the better team at this point in time in the season
1: absolutely i mean like you you did say like they are like they're 189 points for which is really low but their points against is 246 so i guess we could kind of complement the uh defensive side of the ball a little bit
0: <laughs> we can i guess 246
1: um, points allowed is best in the division so yeah
0: um the, the dex dexter lawrence up front is good leonard williams up front is good um Hey, they had an offensive lineman catch a touchdown last week. Yep,
1: <laughs> Andrew, Andrew Thomas, Thomas better be better because he hasn't been living up to the draft
0: capital they put it, into him. Yeah, just he just came off of the uh, off the IR, comes in and, and catches a touchdown against Tampa Bay. Um, yeah, I mean it, it. It's one of those games. Like obviously, and they have weapons on the outside. Kenny Galladay. I don't know why he would have wanted to go to the Giants in the first place, but like if he wanted to win, that's not the team I would have went to. But he's a good receiver. I'm, I'm looking forward to the, and him and Darius Slay played together with the Lions for a long time. Like, I'm looking forward to that battle. Darius Slay t- from the slot tends to do well against the Eagles. Um, so they're going to have to figure that out. Um, Evan Ingram, if he, does, if he doesn't drop, was it last year or the year before he dropped that pass in Philly? Like, the Giants would have got they split last year, but would have gotten another win against the Eagles. Like, they have, and Daniel Jones had that long run before he tripped himself up on, like, the 10 yard line. Um, so they have weapons. They're able to move the football. The Eagles just have to come in and play their game, not do any ding-dong blitz. Daniel Jones, he will throw you the football. Darius Lake could potentially get another touchdown this week. That's what the Eagles have to do. They cannot go in there and just think by showing up, they're going to win the game
1: hundred percent. I couldn't agree more. Just stick to don't know, Don't overestimate. Don't underestimate. Don't be conservative. Just play your game. Play the game that you know that you can win with. And that's the game that we've seen the last two in a row where they where We're now going for a third win in a row.
0: Yeah. And if that win gets you. So the Eagles are one and a half. <coughs> excuse me. The Eagles are two games out of the division lead right now. Dallas is seven and four, the Eagles are five and six. If you win, you go to six and six, and you're a game and a half out with nothing but division games besides the Jets in front of you. And that Week 18 game could could be huge. Uh, that first Sunday in January in Philly between the Eagles and the Cowboys.
1: Absolutely. I would love to see it be such a big game, too, because, oh, man, it would make last, it so exciting.
0: The last big game between Eagles and Dallas on the last week of the regular season that mattered was in 2008 when the Eagles won 44 to 6. I was at that game. It was so much fun. Um, I would love for another one like that. All right. What's your prediction for the game, Connor? Uh
1: I want to say because it's divisional that it's gonna be close, but I mean after watching what we did to the Saints last week, and I think the Saints are better than the Giants, even though the I Giants think,
0: beat the Saints in New Orleans.
1: Yeah, even though they did that, I, <laughs> I mean they got some wins. Okay, they got some wins. We'll give them that, but that's all that I give. Um, I think we. I think I'm gonna go with uh, Eagles win, and I'm gonna go 30 to 17.
0: All right, so I've been picking against the Eagles the last couple of weeks, and they've won. It's so tough for me to pick the Giants in this game. Just the way that they've been playing um, and the way the Eagles have been playing, it it just seems too easy. Like, the Eagles are going to win this game. My only thing is the Eagles also tend to lose a game that they shouldn't lose, and something tells me it could be this game coming off of two wins, you know, going on the road, a division opponent. I just have that feeling that the Eagles might not be able to hold it together and, 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 you know, a turnover here, a turnover there is going to allow the Giants to win. But I just, the Eagles are playing better right now. I'm going to go 24, 21. It's going to be a close game, but the Eagles are going to come away with a 24, 21 victory. And we'll be biting on our fingernails tomorrow in a game we really shouldn't be because I don't think the Giants are all that good. Wow,
1: wow, I, I get be, it. I get the concern, though. I get the concern. Things are things are feeling really good. Things are going super well. The, you know, this would be one of those games that could, you know, get away from us. Hopefully not, but it could be. Hopefully we've not. seen this. We've seen this story many a times with the Eagles.
0: Uh, exactly, and like you said, hopefully not. But like. Things have been going really, really well for the Eagles, and maybe them getting hit back to reality wouldn't be a bad thing. But it's just looking at the schedule; like there, there aren't games that they should lose on the schedule. Maybe one of the Washington games, and obviously Week 18 against Dallas could potentially be a loss. But like the Giants aren't good, the the Jets aren't good. Washington is better, but like they're still not that great. So like that, that's the thing where. You know, you're looking at the schedule and you're like, oh, come on, like you don't think that they should lose, but they always find a way to lose a game that they shouldn't lose, while they win games that they should. They, they win a game that they shouldn't win. So we'll see we'll see what happens. But the Eagles five and six looking to improve to six and six to get back to five hundred. They've already won more games than they won all of last year when they went four eleven and one. So you know, and if this team makes the playoffs, th- there's going to be a lot of talk of Nick Sirianni. Well, he while he won't win coach of the year. Definitely should get some votes. So thank you for listening to the Kelly Green Hour. As always, follow us on Twitter at Kelly Green Hour. Follow Connor on Twitter at Connor Ten. Follow me on Twitter at LJ 54 And follow our partners at Fight Philly Fight Network on Twitter at Fight or at P or FPF Network at Twitter. And then go to the website Fight Philly Fight dot com for all the, the the podcast written work on and to get to meet the team on the website. For Connor. I'm LJ. Thank you for listening to the Kelly Green Hour.
1: Fly, Eagles, fly.